hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Pleasure to be back on board once again today. The Minnesota Wild have yet another 3-in-1 week. That's right, the winning record continues. Rock and roll, as Santana would say, I'm winning, I'm winning. Yes, <laughs> I'm not going to sing it the way he sang it because I'm... I'm not qualified for that. Uh, the Wild remain in first place. They've built a little cushion between themselves and the Blackhawks. They are four points ahead of Chicago with three games in hand as well. So looking good, looking good. Um, of course, yes, don't get, uh, try, try not to think about when's the swoon going to happen? When's this going to happen? When's that going to happen? You know what? Let's try not to think that. How about let's just enjoy it and let's, uh, Think about the possibility that this just might be a fantastic season with a happy ending. We'll see. Um, Let's hope for the best for that. The possibility exists and persists, and let's keep it persisting. And I think it will when you have a head coach that doesn't allow his players to feel sorry for themselves. Literally, as he said in that uh, pissed-off locker room in Washington years ago. That was the... That, that's Bruce Boudreaux. He doesn't have players feeling sorry for themselves. So so what? We're losing by one shot. Big deal. One bleeping shot. We're going to get all down about it. You know, stuff like that. So, and that's pretty much what's been going on. Um, with Mike Yo, it just continued the people, the players feeling sorry for themselves. And I think that's going on in St. Louis right now. I, I, I don't know. I, those players, there's no way they're happy with the direction of that team. That'll be the final game review. Four games to review. Only two to preview as we head into the All-Star break. You got Bruce Boudreau and Devin Dubnik going to the All-Star game. Congratulations there. Rock and roll to Los Angeles, California. And you got the, the top 100 all-time players because it's the centennial for the National Hockey League. 100 years. It's just amazing. Uh, so many players from the, the back in the old days of Toronto. I mean, Toronto used to be a great, 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 great franchise. Uh, our generation never saw that, obviously. Um, Canada kind of got, you know, with the rule changes and such, with who, who can draft who and such, who can go after who. Um, Montreal and Toronto, kind of different situation there. Those are the two all-time Stanley Cup leaders in history. Montreal with 24 Cups, Toronto with quite a few as well. They haven't won one since the 60s and all that. So, yeah, I'm kind of gouncing all over the place, thinking about the centennial going into the All-Star break. Why not? I mean, now's the time to do it. Of course, we're going to talk about the prospects and such, and Gophers, unfortunately, losing. Uh, yeah, I, I won't talk too much about that game or anything, but just in general, uh, Gophers unfortunately losing three to two last night to Duluth, uh, Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs. I'm not too surprised, but doggone it, <laughs> you got uh, number two seed in the whole nation versus number six. You hope maybe the Gophers can win that game, but it just didn't happen. Damn it! Ah, uh, hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about a team that did win, and of course, uh, Hockey Day Minnesota, Saturday, January 21st. Frustrating day as the Gopher basketball team loses by two points. I know, unrelated to hockey, could not beat those damn Badgers. I hate Wisconsin, everything about them, except maybe the Brewers back in the old days with Paul Mater. And the Bucks are okay, but everything else, ugh, I hate the Badgers, I hate the Packers. Um, uh, and then Gopher hockey takes the lead, they look all good, and then the floodgates open. It was like union all over again for Gopher Hockey. Union, just boom, 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 boom. Next thing you know, Wisconsin's up 5-2, to two, and you're just sitting there staring at the television like, are you freaking kidding me? And the Gophers lose that 5-3. to three. Just pisses you off because they started off so well. And I love those maroon uniforms. I've, I love the road, the road maroons for the Gopher Hockey team. Gopher men's hockey, by far my favorite college program on the planet, uh, more than any... College sport, any college program. Gopher Hockey is my, my team. Sorry to you, all of you Huskies and Mavericks and all you fans in North Dakota. I don't know why you'd go that way. But, <laughs> oh boy. But um, it's like you're just begging. Please rescue us, Minnesota Wild. Please. Please. And, you know, it started okay. And then things kind of started going sour. Just a messy, messy game early on. Anaheim. Obviously, Eric Hall has started off early, scoring his first goal in forever. Nice to see Eric Hall in that third line. Zach Parisi, Jason Pominville. The chemistry, early and often with these guys. Yes, moving things around again like uh, Mr. Boudreaux likes to do. Of course, the second line will always be Jason Zucker-Koivu and uh, <laughs> Mikhail Granlund is now leading the team in scoring. Why would, would you touch that line? Pray to God nobody gets hurt. Um, but that third line playing great. Uh, the, the top line getting quieter. 
with Coyle. Uh, of course, Nita Riders, not quiet, but Coyle and Stahl, really stalling of late, pardon the pun. But Halla opening things up early, you think, okay, good, they're going to rescue us. Next thing you know, Stefan Nolson and Cam Fowler uh, end the first period with Anaheim up 2-1. to one. Terrible turnover, shorthanded, unassisted for Cam Fowler. Uh, just devastating. <sighs> Couldn't believe it. Uh, just left you staring at the TV screen as Anaheim taking a, uh, takes a 2-1 to one lead and things continue to struggle. The Wild get a penalty early in that second period. Corey Perry burying his ninth goal of the season. It's 3-1, to one, and you're just thinking, oh, God, I can't believe this. Uh, and then Jason Zucker able to get to the loose puck and just take off, explode to that, <laughs> explode up to the Anaheim goaltender, of course, in this case, Jonathan Bernier, because Gibson was er- injured early. Bernier was strong for so long, and then it's like, are we ever going to get one past Bernier? You got one past Gibson real early, and of course, he was hurt, like we said. People were wondering what was wrong, hit up in the in the upper body area, and that's how they say in hockey, just upper body, lower body, or body injury. That's nice, a body injury. <laughs> but Jonathan Bernier, who I, again, would say, wouldn't mind having him replace Kemper, <laughs> but yeah, he's not going to at this point. Um... Zucker finally breaks the ice, literally, past Bernier. Early in that second period, 3-2 to two hockey game. The Wilds stay in it. You get some chances back and forth for both clubs. Devin Dubnik, after giving up three goals, just put the clamps down and shut this team out the rest of the way. 11 shots on goal for Anaheim, 8 for Minnesota. A fairly entertaining second period. And then the Wild got aggressive, and Bernier just could not respond to it in that third period. They got some nice chances, and they were able to bury him. I mean, Bernier went from a guy who was stopping everything to a guy that suddenly looked like Darcy Kemper. Eric <laughs> with his ninth goal of the year. Suter and Dumba assisting there. So Suter and Dumba working together on that one. So no Parisi, no Pominville assisting on that one, unfortunately, for... Uh, those guys, <laughs> Parisi desperately needs points, and he did get one early there, very early at the beginning of the game. Suter puts one past Bernier on the nice quick shot. Bernier, sorry to me, sorry, uh, no, good pass from you know Nita Ryder Coyle with a much needed assist. It's been a drought for him, much much needed. Just like oh please, please, please count that assist. The Wild suddenly take the lead with goals within just a couple minutes. There are two goals. Jason Zucker then buries yet another. Just beautiful. You know, I mean, Mikhail Granlin and Zucker, it is the most beautiful thing ever. And next thing you know, it's 5-3. to three. Unbelievable. Um, just the, the aggressiveness and the passion of this club. They pick each other up. They've made, they set each other up with spectacular passes, and guys actually finish, which was a problem in the past. Eric Halla goes from seven goals to nine goals, back to back, uh, two goals in this game, pardon me. A guy who's needed points. I mean, he, that whole third line, Pominville, Parisi, and Halla, all just like suffering in the desert, dying for points, and they pick them up. They've been picking them up lately, and the chemistry has been phenomenal. Uh, ho- hockey is a game of streaks. Like in basketball, they say it's a game of runs. You know, nine zero run, seven to one run, five zero run. Okay, ten zero run. Ooh, twelve zero run this way. Wow, a game of runs where everything can change. To me, hockey is a game of streaks. Like Charlie Coyle, point here, point there, multi-point game, great. And Pominville's not doing anything. Oh, he's on a downtrend. He's not been doing jack crap. Next thing you know, Pominville's been on a streak, like 10 points in 10 games, 12 points in, in 11 games. Wow, Pominville's really picking it up. Coyle, it's just like, you know, two, three points in 10 games, real quiet of late. So it is a game of streaks. Same thing with Eric Stahl. Uh, Eric Stahl is just racking the points up. And then you have consistent guys like <laughs> like Zucker and... Uh, Zucker and Granlin, who's just been unbelievable all year. Koivu not picking up the assists of late, but still, he's still a part of that line. He's still the leader of that line and winning the faceoffs and such. And, of course, the defensive uh, ability of that number two center. Just He's been so good for this team for so long, and he's staying healthy, which is nice. And you're not counting on him to lead the team in scoring, which was just, you know, you're, you're not going to get anywhere that way. But uh, Zucker and Halla, both of the multi-goal game, pardon me. <laughs> Zucker, 14 goals on the year now. Halla with nine. And the Wild Rescue, Minnesota. Oh, thank heavens for that. I can't say thank heaven for number seven, at least in this one. But uh, Stewart would, again, be a, a hero very soon here against the Dallas Stars. Uh, Zucker and Halla just put, turning on the Jets, two of the fastest players on the roster, and also showing their skills as well. Zucker really turning on the Jets, though, in the midpoint of the game with that 13th goal of the season. Lucky number 13, and he got away from 13 as quick as possible later in the game. Granlin, though, leading the team in scoring, just continuing to be a great, you know, a great player right now. And I couldn't be happier. 
it is a contract year, yes, but that doesn't mean <laughs> doesn't mean he isn't what he what he's really becoming. And I do believe he is a seventy point type of talent. And it's about time we're getting it. I believe it's the coach, not just the fact it's a contract year, because Granlin did pick it up late last year as well. He was on a two year bridge contract, a bridge to Adios Amigo, or a bridge to uh, an extension. And I really want Granlin on this club long term. I can't believe there are those of you out there on Twitter or elsewhere that would like to see Granlin be the guy. Going to Las Vegas. Really? No. <laughs> that would be terrible. That would be a terrible mistake. I knew it was going to be a trap game, and it happened. It happened Sunday, January the 22nd. Because why? Because why? It's a back-to-back, right? That, well, back-to-back, this team will be fine. They've done well in back-to-backs, right? They've been just fine. Yeah, but Darcy Kemper's in that. See, it would have been one thing if Darcy Kemper was in was in net against Anaheim, but now he's in net against Nashville. And Nashville's due. Pekka Rene has gotten his butt kicked time and time again by the wild the past two years, but it's kind of, <laughs> you know there's going to be a, 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 a turn of tide here. The tides are going to turn. And Peter Laviolette was due for his 500th win as well. And everything kind of went uh, Nashville's way at the end of the day because Darcy Cabert just wasn't up to the uh, wasn't up to the task. Nashville's defense was grind grinding the whole time. They were blocking shots. The Wild only managed thirty uh, excuse me twenty three shots on net, and Pecorini was solid. Darcy Kemper wasn't bad. I gotta tell him. I gotta tell you, he wasn't bad in this game. But I had a feeling it was going to be four to two. Luckily for Kemper, the fourth goal did not count because it was an empty netter. But Kemper wasn't that great in this game. He he really wasn't. Uh, Granlin and, and Pominville, though, you got this feeling like everything's going to be fine. Jordan Schrader up centering the uh, second line because Kamiko Cuevo out with illness. So, all right, that's a bummer. But Jordan Schrader, Zucker, has set up Granlin for another goal here. A real early Granlin with his 11th goal of the season, and he just, wow, just continues to rack up the points. Nice to see Schrader getting his fifth assist there. The guy who's just, you know, I want him on this NHL roster if it's fourth line or whatever, but nice to see that that second line continued to do what they're capable of, and that Schrader was able to center that line and do a great job and keep up with those, you know, he's obviously a speedster along with Zucker and Granlin. is able to score very early on Pekka Rene, only five minutes later, Jason Pominville adding his seventh goal of the season. He continues his hot run. That rifle shot by Jason Pominville. It's a total, it's a just it's just different. I mean, he's he's Jason Pominville again. He's the guy the Wild should have taken instead of Kyle Wanvig back in 2001 in the second round. Second round pick, taking several picks after Kyle freaking Wanvig. Can you imagine Pominville all those years when he was real good? 60, 70 point guy, 50 point guy in, in his early days, but all the way up to 80 at one point with those Buffalo Sabres. Oh, Pominville with that rifle wrister that he's got. It was a beauty. Nice lead pass from Halla, and Pominville kind of was off to the races and just rifled that thing past Rene. You're up two to nothing. You think, okay, great, but don't forget, Kemper's in net. And Kemper had been better. Kemper was better in this game for a while, was steady, solid. And he was facing a good amount of shots from Nashville. Shots, as uh, we'd like to say in Canada and in the NHL. You're only down by one shot. No, I love, oh, man, I love Boudreaux. But James Neal, the leading scorer for Nashville, the leading goal scorer as well, gets the first one past Kemper. Forsberg adds two more, and that third one was just, oh, crap. I mean, some nice, nice passing by Nashville. Quick one-timer by Forsberg. But, you know, it's just, really, Kemper, you weren't ready for that one? Really? I, I you know, and that just left us all kind of like, really, Kemper? Really? And it was less than seven minutes remaining in the game. The Wild couldn't get anything past Rene. And then Ryan Johansson, the guy, again, we always talk about the Wild tried to trade for him last year. He's not that great. I'm glad we didn't give up too much, and you can see why. You know, I mean, he, uh, he then again, he's a good playmaker. He's kind of their grand, and I shouldn't say that. He is a good player. Um, not, not a goal scorer, though, and the Wild needed a goal scorer so badly, more than a playmaker last year. Whereas right now, the Wild have consistent goal scorers everywhere. No, no, no Superman, but but so many guys with double-digit goals. It's a franchise record already. Um, uh, and it's NHL leaning right now, which is really crazy. Uh, Ryan Johansson adding his eighth goal of the year, kind of like Granlin, right? How he would get, that's all he got on of his goals earlier in the year, empty netter. But hey, you earn it with hustle and, you know, an, an inaccurate shot from a long distance. And Johansson able to get that done. Nashville wins 4-2, to two, and you're just like, sheesh. I knew. I knew this was going to happen. I knew we weren't going to beat Nashville. It just reeked of it. And it, it just it is what it is. The Wilds' defense not as solid as it had been. Nashville getting 12 shots on goal in that third period. They were not going to go home without Laviolette's 500th win, and they were not going to go home 
uh, down three games to zero in the season series with the Minnesota Wild. Uh, the Wild have one more game against them. Hopefully, oh no, two more games. Pardon me. This is a five gamer because they're division rivals. February the 18th. Whoa, that's a familiar day in my past. We'll <laughs> leave that alone. And then April Fools. Hopefully, it won't be the the case for the Wild in Nashville. So of course, all games on FSN. Blah blah blah. You know that Fox Sports North. Um, but Philip Forsberg, who'd been having a quiet year, starting to pick it up a bit. And believe it or not, he has the same amount of goals as Jason Zucker at that stage. Wild lose a frustrating one. I mean, Kemper, okay, he gave up three goals. That's not good, but it's better than four, I suppose. The fourth goal unearned due to empty net situation there. Tuesday, January the 24th, clamps down a little bit. Not quite a five-goal five game like it was last time around. Not quite four-nothing, just like that, against <laughs> Anthony Emmy. Oh, that poor guy. I felt so bad from three shots, three goals, Anthony Emmy. And then uh, Lettinen, Kari Lettinen in there to replace him. Well, Lettinen was in there from the get-go Tuesday, the 24th of January. And he was better, obviously better. It was going to be a different type of game, but so is Dubnik in there instead of Kemper. I mean, you know, Dubnik is in there instead of Kemper. You're going to have a little bit more clamps down here. An entertaining first period. The Wild very aggressive. 14 shots. Nice. 33 for Minnesota, 37 for Dallas. Dubnik earned that that contract, boy, he earned his money. The big the big money he makes in this night as the stars really really tested him early and often. Pominville able to be the recipient of a loose puck, just riding around the boards, and he just kind of took off. And again, again, the rifle shot from Pominville, of course, unassisted. Eighth goal of the year, one nothing Minnesota late in the first period, and then you saw Koivu again set up beautifully. I mean, the Nito Niederreiter pass. I mean, nice pass. This is just like, oh my God, textbook spectacular hockey. I mean, like tic-tac-toe on super steroids. Granlin, awesome pass to Niederreiter. Niederreiter, even better pass to Koivu with that wrister shot that he's really helped the Wild this season. Nice to see him back in the lineup. 14th goal of the year. Just, that was an awesome power play power play goal. Nito Niederreiter really been stepping up. He's definitely a, a Madonna candidate for the week. Granlin, 29th assist of the year. Niederreiter, 19th of the year. As there were times Niederreiter was more goals than assists, but oh my God, these guys can pass the puck. I mean, Zucker, of course, became more of a passer than he was in the past. Granlin, just get even better passer than ever. And Koivu burying as he was like kind of a questionable goal scorer in the past. And boy, just that was quick one-timers by Koivu. You just got to love him. And Niederreiter's pass was just sick. Kind of a reverse to, to Koivu, kind of a reverse pass. Just wow. Um... And then Sagan and Patrick Eves, about 10 minutes apart in the same period. Sagan adding adding a 17th goal of the year. Patrick Eves, 18th goal of the year. And in that third period, Dubnik was left out to dry on occasion. There was a turnover in that third period where Charlie Coyle just... <laughs> Charlie Coyle had the puck, fell over. I, I don't know what happened. He just, he fell. And same thing going on with Mr... Uh, Krayavak, too. I mean, he's just, you know, he's he's he is hard to watch. He stinks. Um, or is that the next game? <clears throat> yes. The, no, the, 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 oh, no, no, this was the game. Yeah, Krayavak got sat down because they were looking to possibly send him back down to Iowa, which they didn't. But Krayavak, it's just he's tough to watch. I, I got to say, it's like he can't even stick handle, and he loses the puck. He, his skating stinks. I don't know what to say about Krayavak of late. Certainly not the guy we, we thought we were getting, and the guy that we saw earlier in the year when he was working hard and he was skating well and actually putting in some nice goals. Um, but Charlie Coyle, he's definitely been struggling. Um, terrible, terrible turnover. And off they went to the races. Dallas Stars 3-0 on on Devin Dubnik, and Dubnik makes the save. Hallelujah. I guarantee if Kemper's in there, that, that puck's going in the net. Dubnik, great save, and the Wilds are <laughs> saved there. The game goes to OT. Of course, nobody scores there. Then you get into the the shootout. Patrick Eve scoring right away. Pominville right. Uh, Pominville answers. Thank God for that. And then it's back and forth with with Sagan and Parisi. Of course, nothing going there. Sharp and Zucker, nothing going there. Ben and Koivu finishing. Koivu again with that patented backhand. Spezza stopped. And then Chris Stewart with. What a great goal. Um, they, they were debating on if Stewart should go out there on, on this one or not, if, or should wait for a little while. The Stewart puts in a highlight reel type of play uh, on the backhand. Just totally fooled Lettinen and just flat out beat him. Got it underneath the pads. 
Great play by Stewart in the wild escape with a victory in the shootout. I had a feeling this one might go to a shootout. I had a feeling it would be a lower scoring game because I didn't think Dallas was going to have the floodgates open like that, like last time. And the wild certainly weren't either with uh, Kemper and Nett. And the wild come out victors. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank God there. Dallas ticking up a much needed single point to, to stick around in that playoff race despite the fact they're only 500 on the year. If you're in the, if Dallas is in the Eastern Conference, they'd pretty much be in last place, but you have teams like Colorado who are like 20 games under 500 right now, only 28 points on the year. Whew. Ooh, Colorado. Um, Dallas still in a fairly strong position, only three points behind the St. Louis Blues at this moment. Insane. Insane. Speaking of the St. Louis Blues, and yes, Grayevac just could not even hang on to the puck in the game. I mean, he was, looked like he was going to fall over. I was hoping the Wild were going to send him down. Because uh, he wasn't playing in the Nashville game. The Wild had called up Bursky, who had been doing better down in Iowa. Not great, but better. And then they sent him back down, and they keep Grayevac. I don't know what the hell. Grayevac, again, I mean, I, I can't even watch the guy right now. He can't even hang on to the puck. So, okay, sure, he scores against St. Louis. But, yeah, we'll talk about that goal in a second. I mean, <laughs> did he really, I mean, did he score the goal, or was he just kind of right place, right time? He was just kind of there, you know, like a post the puck bouncing off a post. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, St. Louis is a team in disarray. St. Louis, it seems like they're losing interest and their goaltending situation is not good at all. Uh, Jake Allen has not been very good this year. Carter Hutton was a sieve the whole night. Uh, he faced 30 shots. Let's give credit a little bit where the Wilds offense was focused and ready to say, hey, St. Louis, you were good in the past, but we're the good team now. And you, you, you beat us twice earlier in the year when they were actually playing pretty good. The Wild even up the season series with St. Louis. In fact, we're actually ahead because we, uh, the, the last loss was a shootout loss, November the 26th, back when the Wild were not quite on their super-duper streak yet. <laughs> As we were ahead to Canada and lose a couple more there, Vancouver and Calgary. But the Wild picked up a much-needed point at that, per- at that particular time at this stage. St. Louis with four points. In the series, the Wild with five, and then you head into Thursday, uh, Tuesday, March the 7th, the day before my brother's birthday, in Exo Energy Center to wrap the season series up, which I would hope the Wild will win. Um, but the defense in this St. Louis team, the focus, the energy, not there. Again, the goaltending, not good. Carter Hutton just got his butt kicked in this game, and he hasn't been good this year. Jake Allen hasn't been good. He stopped the only three shots he faced after Carter Hutton was mercifully pulled after the fifth goal was allowed. And Mr. Carter Hutton... Eric Halla, that third line again, or excuse me, the second line again, answering early or scoring early in the second period. The first period, the teams traded traded shots apiece, obviously 10 shots. This was St. Louis's best period. They looked like the better team slightly, a slight edge to St. Louis in that first period. The Wild only mustered eight shots. The defense looked focused. And then the Wild just said, you know what, screw this crap. We're going to take these guys down. 18 shots on goal. That was fun stuff. St. Louis only seven. The Wild dominate the puck possession in the second period. It was so much fun. Nito Niederreiter, just spectacular in this game. Three points for him. Granlin adding two points. One goal, one assist. Dubnik obviously getting the win again. And he was just spectacular. Uh, Hala, 10th goal of the year. Doesn't get much. Just, just got to love it. A nice feed from Parisi. Hala able to finish on the rebound. And there it goes. Um, 10th goal of the year. Of course, Tarasenko, you see him on the breakaway. What do you think is going to happen? It doesn't matter if it's Devin Dubnik or Kemper. Tarasenko scores every time. He, he's like the he's literally St. Louis's Patrick Kane. And he actually has more goals than Patrick Kane on the season. Wow. <laughs> you know things are going right, though. When six minutes later... <laughs> the Wild get the 2-1 lead. You know things are going to go right for the Wild. Well, after uh, Dumba and Niederreiter, Dumba sets up Niederreiter, who again gets the puck on net. There's a juicy rebound that bounces off of Grayevac's skate. Luckily, there was no kicking motion. It just bounced off Grayevac's skate and went in his fourth goal of the year. They're celebrating as if Grayevac made a great play there. Okay, good. It was nice that he was on the, Johnny on the spot. I mean, he missed the puck. He, he couldn't even hit the puck. He missed. His stick missed it, but his skate hit it. That works. Okay. And that's been Grayevac. He, he's just a clumsy klutz out there. But it went in. And there was no kicking motion. And it counted. And the Wild go up 2-1. to no, two to one. And next thing you know, the second line again. And this time, Niederreiter again with Koivu and Granlin on the power play. A beautiful setup again. Niederreiter and Granlin finish it to Koivu yet again. Just another awesome play. Niederreiter finishing his 15th goal of the year. On the 
Yep, it was his 15th goal of the year after Eric Stahl and Coyle were able to set him up in the top line there. Niederreiter finally, the top line finally getting something done there. You got to like that. Granlin netting one 30 seconds later, and that was all there was for, for Hutton. Granlin's 12th goal of the season. That was, a, that was a legitimate goal, by the way. Nothing, no, no little lucky falling down and putting it in. But then again, that's actually a good play too. But uh, nothing crazy for Granlin. It was the real deal. And he just continues to play with incredible confidence. He's the leading scorer on the team, and and he absolutely deserves it. Eric Stahl, luckily, at least keeping keeping up with Granlund a little bit, getting one point in this game, and Coyle as well. Uh, 25th assist for each of them. Those guys kind of kind of hang, hanging on there. They still might end up leading the team in scoring later on, but Granlund really riding a wonderful wave right now. 12th goal of the season, the Wild up 5-1, to one, and things just kind of... Things just kind of went as they did the rest of the way. The teams traded a few shots. One there, they had their little wall battles, this and that. The Wild not not as aggressive after that four four game four goal lead. Let's just put the clamps down, not allow St. Louis to get too much going. They were able to only muster eight shots. The Wild playing more of a trap game in that third period, and that was all she wrote. Dubnik only giving up one goal in the game, say only facing twenty five shots, and of course it was Tarasenko, the best scorer. You gotta love how. When you see the game story for this one, like it's almost insulting, you know. It's a five-one win for the Wild, yet they're showing Tarasenko celebrating his goal. Really, like as if the Blues won five to one. That's kind of insulting. What the hell? What the hell? What the hell, Yahoo? Look at you. But uh, and overall, wonderful performance for the Wild. Fun little game. We remain first in first place, four points ahead, and all that. Awesome. Let's continue things going. The Wild are now ahead of Columbus by one point, but trail Washington by two. So the Wild right there at the top, and I mean the top, of the National Hockey League at this moment. Wow. Let's keep her going. Let's keep her going. Mike Madonna Award winner for the week is going to be Mikhail Granlin, the leading scorer. He's been fantastic. Uh, Dubnik was not perfect in the Anaheim game. He was good the rest of the way. Strong against Dallas. Strong against St. Louis. Uh, Kemper, not so good this week, but he's not going to get the James Chapman Memorial. It's Tyre Grayvach. I mean, you know, and Koivu, or excuse me, Coyle should be an honorable mention. He has really been struggling. I mean, he had a shot. Nobody near him against Dallas. You know, and he wasn't that far away. Maybe about 20 feet or less. And he missed the net by like five feet. It was pathetic. I mean, it was Blair Walsh-like. Really? He sliced it to the right. I mean, he it was wide right. Just a terrible shot. And I don't know. And yes, to be fair, he has been playing hurt with an ankle. I mean, I mean the way he's the way he's been handling the puck lately, and I'm sure that might be one of the reasons he fell because of the uh, the injury. And I got to think that does affect his motion on his shot. I wouldn't be surprised if he has some type of a hand injury too. Something. Something's bugging Coyle. And yes, again, the ankle I'm sure has a lot to do with uh, the motion of that shot too, because obviously you're moving and all that, and you need to, so that's part of it. And Gravok looks like he's not even an NHL player, even close right now. I mean, he looks like he looks like he's the kind of guy who'd be out there just to fight people. That's what he looks like, and that's not who he is either. He's supposed to be an offensive player. He's actually been complaining, "I'm an offensive player. I'm not supposed to. I'm not here just to be a defensive player." Well, I'm not seeing any offense from you, so I don't know. You, you, you have opportunities, and you're not burying anything. Uh, Grayovac not been too impressive, and it sounds like they're not too happy with him. We'll see what happens. Uh, it, it all matters. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, if, if you're going to send anybody down, it should be him, not Jordan Schrader. They're talking about if you're going to bring Alex Tuck up, Schrader would go back down to Iowa. Why? <laughs> I, would, I would put Grayovac down. I don't know. Um, we'll just let them make their own decision. But um, that's the first segment. A very animated, fun first segment. A fun four games, honestly. Even though there was that frustrating loss to Nashville. Uh, Kemper was better, but still not that good. Um, he's not good. Uh, that, that, that goal allowed by uh, Forsberg. Forsberg's second goal of the game. Not that good. Really, you know, you got to be there for that one. So we will jump into the All-Star break with this. And then we will preview the two games in the second segment, of course, we'll talk about the prospects as well.
are back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, preview segment, and of course, prospect checkup and all that. Well, after the All-Star game and everything, and when uh, uh, Devin Dubnik wins the MVP for shutting out the other side there, yeah, yep, 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 <laughs> that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, so we'll just let things go as, as is there. The Wild and the Edmonton Oilers face-off in Edmonton, Alberta. This is, of course, Tuesday, January the 31st. We're wrapping up the month of January 2017, already done, and yeah, um, I should mention also today is January the 28th. Nine years ago today, the very first episode of my podcasting life, my podcasting career, Paladino Live, was released. Paladino Live, episode number one. The first of what would be more than 600 now episodes at, at this stage was released nine bleeping years ago. Insane. So just giving you a heads up on that. So <laughs> the 600th show did not air on Brave the Wild. That was Purple Mafia this time around. The 500th show was, was Brave the Wild, and I barely talked about it, and I, that was kind of silly. Um, on my part, but the ninth episode right here, right now, awesome, or the ninth year part, I mean, nine-year anniversary, right here and right now, just giving you a fun little heads up there, Minnesota Wild, Edmonton Oilers, the Oilers started the season strong, then they went into a bit of a swoon there, they were, they were all the way down into the wild card range, and or just, or just hanging on to third place in a not-so-good Pacific division, now they're back tied for first place with the San Jose Sharks, they're ahead of Anaheim by, by a point, 64 points in the year for the Edmonton Oilers, they're only four points behind the, or five points behind the Wild. I mean, Edmonton Oilers playing great hockey right now. Wow, uh, good on them. They're back to being the Oilers again, kind of. I wouldn't quite compare them to the boys in the, the boys in the 80s, Gretzky and such. The Wild, 2-0 and against Edmonton, both of them in overtime. So Edmonton with two points out of the, out of the two games, the Wild with four. They wrap up the season series in Edmonton, Alberta at the end of January here on Tuesday. Fun. This will be a fun matchup. Uh, I like Edmonton. I kind of always have. I've always seen them as kind of the team that's going to come out of the... They're going to be the team that's going to come out of their doldrums at some point. And when they do, it's going to be quick. And here they are. Connor McDavid leading the way with 59 points on the year. They're winning with goal scoring without a doubt. And Cam Talbot has been good. Uh, 2.33 goals against average. Four shutouts on the year. Save percentage over 92. That ain't bad. Uh, Cam Talbot, definitely a nice goaltender for a highfalutin scoring machine here at Edmonton, Alberta. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, we always talked about, we were trying to make a trade with them in the summertime. They wanted Jared Spurgeon. Who knows what they wanted, but Jared Spurgeon was always the possibility there. Tyler Pitlick, the son of Lance Pitlick, and then of course there's Rem Pitlick on the Gophers right now who's doing fairly well. He's a, he's a prospect for... Oh, I knew who it was. It might be Anaheim. I forget. But Tyler Pitt, like, God, I, I knew who it was. Uh, Benoit Puglia certainly dropping off. He's way down in that fourth line, only 10 points on the year. Not the not the guy he was a couple of years ago, but because there's just so much depth on this freaking team in, in Edmonton. I mean, that's why Ryan Nugent Hopkins down to only 26 points. But still, 11 goals, 15 assists. We'd still take that here. I mean, that ain't bad. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Milan Lucic. 29 points on the year. Jordan Eberle has been really nice, uh, 32 points. Leon Drystottle <laughs> with 46 points on the year, 19 goals, 27 assists. The dominant performance. Connor McDavid, an even better an even better playmaker than he is a goal scorer. He's got 17 goals, 42 assists, 59 points in only, in only 51 games. And I say only because the fact he's got eight more points than games played. I mean, the guy's already become a superstar. Leon Dressel was the third overall pick for the Oilers in uh, 2014. Boy, they've been, uh, you know, for the longest time, they were taking guys who were decent. They were good, but they weren't, like, putting this team over the hump. Now, bada-bing, bada-boom. And encountering David, the perfect example of, like, you pick number one overall, you're hoping you're going to get a phenom, and they got one. This guy is just crazy. Plus 18 on the season, 16 power play points. Unbelievable overall. Of course, the 2015 pick in the draft out of Richmond Hill, Ontario. <laughs> Where's the year he was born, which is kind of fun. That seems to be a trend of late because obviously stars in NHL like to have those big numbers like the 90s and the you know, upper 90s or even the 80s sometimes, 88, this and that. Uh, this is a nice team. I think the Wild can beat them, but boy, they're going to have a hell of a time. They've, we, they've, they've won four out of their last five. They only lost to Nashville, Pekka Rene there, 3-2, to two, kind of similar to the Wild on January the 20th, Inauguration Day. Thank you very much. <laughs> Calgary Flames, Anaheim and San Jose, all division rivals, all falling victim to the Edmonton Oilers. The Flames give up seven freaking goals to Edmonton. That's insane. Anaheim shut out four to nothing. 
Anaheim shutout four to nothing. Wow, San Jose four to one, and and these are road games for Edmonton, so this is not going to be an easy game. Uh, and it's in Edmonton, rut row. This is not going to be easy. <laughs> no, this is not going to be an easy game. And <laughs> well, let's take care of business here because Edmonton might be the number one seed in the, in the West if we let them if we let them win here. You know, they the way they're rolling. Jeez, how about them Oilers, man? They're playing. They they are playing like the '80s Oilers. I mean, talk about taking care of business uh, on a road trip. Three and zero on a on a road trip, and teams that are not easy to beat. The California Curse and Calgary in the Saddle Dome. That's not the easiest place to play. It's, it's some sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But jeez, many Jiminy Christmas, fifteen goals in four games. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I want to pick a wild win. I I do, but I don't know. I don't know about this one. Um, I like the way the Wild have been playing, though. You spank on St. Louis. You crush them. You kick their butts. Devin Dumnik will be in that. And, of course, he is going against his former team. That might be where I can come out in good faith that the Wild will be able to stop the winning streak of the Edmonton Oilers. Man, they're playing good. <laughs> they're a young team. And maybe this break might kind of ice them more than they would ice the Wild. Because, obviously, both teams playing well and all that. Oh boy, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of this game. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a trouble. I'm having trouble picking a winner here. Three. I'm seeing three to three, three to three, and going into overtime. I, we're gonna have another overtime game with this club. Overtime or shootout performance. But I'm seeing three to three to three. Most likely guy to score for the Minnesota Wild. Let's go with Niederreiter. He's been playing really well. I always pick Jared Spurgeon because he's from Edmonton. I'm gonna go with Niederreiter. Um, I, I just have a feeling I can just see that name, Niederreiter, against this club. Dubnik should be strong. Of course, uh, Zucker and Dumba scored the last time around, and Nugent Hopkins. I think he'll be one of the three scorers, most likely, uh, along with maybe Connor McDavid. I, I don't know. Um, two to one game back in December the fourth. That was a close one. Just, they played five games apart of each other, and the Wild won both of them. And that was back when uh, five days apart. And that was back when the Wild uh, were just getting started. They went from a team that wasn't playing well to a team that suddenly was playing well. The, oil, the Edmonton Oilers definitely helped the Wild oil their machine in a nice way. Coil, another guy. Um, I, I see him scoring against Calgary. I'm already getting ahead of myself. <sighs> Who's going to win in the shootout? See, that's the thing. I see 3-3 three to three and going into OT. Uh, pardon the rhyme there. Mm. Oh, boy. Uh, 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 uh. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, this is a hard one. Uh, I'm going to pick Edmonton winning the game right now. And you know what? And so what if I pick them to win and the Wild win? Okay, good. Then I'm wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. But I think Edmonton will win the game um, in, a, oh, in the shootout or in overtime. I'll say overtime. I see something developing like a Connor McDavid or no like like a Nugent Hopkins I see something like that Nugent Hopkins gets loose on some type of play and he finishes an OT and the and the uh the uh Edmonton Oilers beat the Wild four to three in OT so it won't be like four games allowed in regulation but it'll count as an overtime situation this Edmonton team is scoring like crazy and I don't know I don't have the best feeling about this one so let's move on quickly the old Northwest Division, the Wild playing against Edmonton and Calgary. This used to be a bad matchup for for the Wild. It's become a good one uh, for the most part. But actually, the Wild haven't been playing well against Calgary, no. And then we continue against, uh, as we go into next week, the next week's show, we go to Vancouver, we go to Winnipeg, then we host the Blackhawks. Wow, and then eventually host to the, uh, yeah, that's four games there. Eventually host the uh, um Tampa Bay Lightning, who have not been playing well. A lot of people saw them winning it all this year. It doesn't look like it now. But uh, Wild versus Calgary, you know, February 1st. This hasn't been a very good matchup for the Wild of late. Uh, they, their their goaltending has been fantastic with Chad Johnson in that, rather than Brian Elliott. You hope to see Brian Elliott there because he's not been good. Chad Johnson, who came in as the backup, and he's been fantastic ever since suiting up for the Calgary Flames. The Flames lead the series with, well, they have four points, and the Wild have one, as the Wild lost in the shootout December the 2nd, before the Wild's hot streak started. A one nothing loss, just a devastating heartbreaker at home, boring hockey. People were very frustrated with that, and they wanted their money back on November the 15th. I say the Wild win this one. Um, see, that's the thing. We lose to, we'll lose to Edmonton, but we'll beat Calgary. It's a back-to-back. See, now, boy, a back-to-back. I might have to change my uh, <laughs> prediction here. It's like I had a good feeling about it, but I, I don't know. 
this could end up being a very tough situation for the Wild. Um, is this going to be a resurgent night for Darcy Kemper? Because there's no way the Wild are going to put Kemper against Edmonton and then have uh, you know and then save Dubnik for Calgary. It's going to be the opposite. Unless you go with Dubnik back-to-back nights, which I don't recommend, even though there's been a break and everything. The schedule is going to get very busy. Very, very busy, not long after this. So, you know, yeah, there's a couple-day break after that. You know, you don't play until Saturday against Vancouver. But, I I mean, you just don't put goalies in back-to-back nights. That's how they get hurt. That's how the Backstroms of the world got hurt. He, he, he was in the net too much. Um, oh, boy. This is difficult. Will Darcy Kemper shut down Calgary enough? Will it, will it be a 3-2 to two win for the Wild? Can, can they do it? I mean, Chad Johnson's been so good uh, this year. Even though the Flames have not been good. Uh, they're only one game above 500. They're still fighting around for that wild card. Johnson hasn't been as good of late. That's the one thing. And Calgary's been really struggling. See, it's like, here we go. It's the opposite. Uh, they've lost to Nashville, lost to Edmonton, lost to Toronto. 4 nothing. lost to Montreal, 5-1. to one. They beat Ottawa, though. What? They beat Ottawa? Okay. And then they they host the Wild. On the first, that they end the All Star break. On the first, they'll be rested and we won't. But will they be sluggish? Will they be off? That's the hope. Um, I'll go. I, I am going to pick a win in this game. I think the Wild will beat the Calgary Flames. They need to beat this team, even if Darcy Kemper is in net. Uh, they're, 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 they have a little depth at the top, and nobody's really that great. And they've had some injuries. Yes, there's been a little bit of a what you call it going on. With the broken finger situation and such. <laughs> when the Wild broke the captain's finger there in, uh, with uh, Gaudreau when, they, when he missed it, when he missed 10 games. Frustration there for Calgary. Um, mm. I'm going to pick a 3-2 win for the Wild. <clears throat> Most likely got to score will be Charlie Coyle. Uh, Coyle will break out of his goalless streak. He will score. The Wild will win 3-2, to two, believe it or not, even with Darcy Kemper in that. I think Kemper will have a nice rebound game. He'll finally have a solid game against a team that's been struggling pretty bad of late, despite the fact they beat Ottawa 3-2 to two on the road. I think the Wild will, will, pick out, will, be, will pick on a team that's been, that's been rested, but maybe they're a bit sluggish. They're probably not real happy with how things have been going, and the Wild will obviously be a bit ticked off probably with the Edmonton game if, if they end up losing it. If they end up losing it, maybe it'll go the opposite here. The Wild beat Edmonton and lose to Calgary. Or maybe we'll win both. I don't know. But these back-to-backs are very tough, unpre- very unpredictable, to be honest. But I, right now I see the Wild winning 3-2 to two in Calgary against a, a team that'll probably be kind of just, maybe they'll be a little bit off and the Wild will be a little bit more sharp and Kemper will make the most of an opportunity with a team that has not been playing very well of late. So that's my vibe. 3-2 win, Minnesota. Most likely guy to score, Charlie Coyle. Let's check in on the prospects now, if humanly possible. It would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> uh, let's do the the uh, traditional Dmitry Sokolov watch. Dmitry Sokolov of the Sudbury Wolves, 18-year-old Russian, of course, <laughs> out of Omsk, Russia. 18 years old, born in 98, drafted in the 7th round, 196th overall by your Minnesota Wild. 49 points on the season, 33 goals, 16 assists for the Sudbury Wolves. In the Ontario Hockey League, he's a minus 20 for a team that's been struggling, but he's definitely by far and away the leading scorer for that club. And I'm, I was talking about him moving up to a higher level. I would like to see that, but I don't know. I mean, would it be, is it, would it be a huge, huge, huge difference from the OHL to the AHL? It probably would be. Um, and he is only 18, but it's just, it looks like to me, the OHL, he's not going to get much better there at this point. I mean, his numbers are, it's like, he's, it's like, it's almost too easy for him. So that's my thing. At some point, I think oh, Sokolov maybe should move to the Iowa Wild. We'll see by, by next year though, not this year. Uh, Sudbury Wolves, that's pretty much like a junior uh, league there right now at this stage. And of course the Wilds property and all that. We're very, very pleased with how things are going there. <clears throat> Let's look at the Iowa Wild before we do anything else. There's other players in college, too, that are fun to watch and keep up with. Polkinen, of course, leading the Iowa Wild with 27 points. Kind of a, of course, we all know, fringe minor leaguer and all that. Mario Lucia and Gustav Olsson really kicking it up of late. They've had multi-point games in the past week, and they're playing much better. Mario Lucia and Gustav Olsson tied for third in scoring now with Iowa. 20 points apiece. 
Mario Lucia adding a goal and an assist. Gustav about three assists. Yeah, three assists since the last game. Lucia was at 15 points. It seemed like yesterday. He was at 13 points not that long ago. Mario Lucia starting to break through there down in Iowa. 20 points in 36 games. Olofsson, 42 uh, 42 games, 20 points for Olofsson. 15 assists. He He got two assists just last night for Iowa. And the Iowa Wild have been playing better too. Now they're two games above 500. Who saw that? The way after how awful Iowa was the last couple of years, they're really starting to pick it up, and you're starting to see these prospects play better. The goaltending has been better. It's it's just been it's been nice. It's been absolutely nice. Uh, Sealer, the former Gopher defenseman, stay at home, physical, tough guy, three assists so far down in Iowa. He's not been bad. And Zach Dulpe trying to get healthy down there in Iowa, trying to get rolling again. At this point, seven games, one goal. For Zach Dalvey, who made the Minnesota Wild out of training camp, he was the starting. He was the uh, the fourth line center for the Wild coming out there. Uh, Tuck adding adding a couple points as well this past week. That's really good news. Alex Tuck, of course, first round pick, twenty fourteen, along with uh, others. <clears throat> well, that, well, he's definitely the headliner. But uh, that Luis Belpedio p- continuing to pick it up down in Miami, uh, Ohio. Though he's he, he got another uh, goal last night. Very cool. We'll talk about him in a second. But uh, nice to see Alex talk. He's at 19 points in only 33 games. He's been strong. He's been very very strong. Very efficient. Very cool to see Lucia though picking it up. That is really good news because he was struggling for a while. Uh, Mr. Uh, Chuck Fletcher was saying that yeah he started off slow but he's really been picking it up of late and he's he's getting closer to the NHL than than we may think. Very nice to see Mario Lucia developing. Of course, the Wild traded up for him back in 2011, and he spent uh, you know three three frustrating seasons. In, <laughs> I, I I would call them decent, but it, his senior year was pretty frustrating in uh, in. Uh, uh, Notre Dame, not not that good. Of course, his father also played for Notre Dame, not the Gophers. Luis Belpedio, let's talk about the high-scoring defenseman for Miami, Ohio. 14 points on the year. He scored his sixth goal last night for the University of Miami. They, they were, uh, I forgot who they were playing against. I, I, I had it and I missed it. But uh, 14, points, 14 points on the season, six goals, eight assists. Really nice to see the uh, junior defenseman there. Continuing to to step it up for Miami. Will he be on the Iowa Wild next year? Don't be surprised. Uh, getting things going there. Jack Sedek, of course, on the goal for six assists on the season. Well, one goal, five assists, six points so far. The former seventh rounder, he's on the Gophers. That's the main Gopher guy at this point <clears throat> in the Wild system. We already talked about all of some guys like that. Carson Soucy, we saw a little bit of him last night. Just a big, physical, tough defenseman who's capable of putting points up as well. Three goals, eight, uh, 10 assists on the season, 13 points. So far, his best season statistically for the University of Minnesota Duluth. He is a senior at age 22. Again, six foot four, 210 pounds. Might be a nice uh, Willie Mitchell type one day. Maybe, maybe. A guy who can, you know, is mostly physical, but can, can, can add a couple points here and there. Maybe a 15 to 20 point guy in the NHL one day, hopefully. Jordan Greenway, Boston University, quieting down a little bit, a little bit, and then picking up again, actually. Seven goals, 15 assists now so far, 22 points for Boston University. Only a, only a sophomore, again, everybody expects him to be on Iowa next year, the way he's going. Just, wow, he is doing a fantastic job for Boston University, and we couldn't be happier about that. Luke Coonan, whose club beat the Wild last week. The Wild were good. They're in the wild. The Gophers last week. Pardon me. Uh, the Gophers <clears throat> won the first game, and then they got their butts kicked in the second. Luke Coonan, a factor, continuing into this weekend. 20 goals. Nope, in, in only 20 games played. Pardon me. 15 goals already. 9 assists. 24 points in only 20 games for the sophomore. <clears throat> Under Tony Granado's uh, Wisconsin Badgers there. Very impressed. Uh, Luke Cunning. Luke Cunning. Absolutely. The, doing a great job. The captain of the U.S. team in the Junior Cup there. Uh, man. Fun, fun to keep up with these guys. So that pretty much should wrap it up at the moment. Um, guys like Adam Gilmore still kind of, kind of lulling around in Iowa, not having the best, not having the best success at this point. Only ten points in forty-one games for him. Bursky, a guy the Wild may have called up, and they decided not to. He's back down in Iowa. He's still fifteen points in thirty-eight games. He started off the season terribly. Picked it up for a little while and then slowed down again, and that's just kind of the way it is. It's it's a game of streaks. I mean, can I just continue to say that? It is a game of streaks. Tyler Grayevac, though, that's a game of, uh, I don't know, maybe he's just not that good. 
<laughs> Mahalik and Stalock, just phenomenal down there, carrying that team uh, in that sense. The guys are starting to score more down there, but they're also getting great goaltending. Both of them at 2.6 goals uh, against Stalock, actually, with a little bit better win-loss record. 13 and 10. I, and again, if it weren't for Kemper's one-way contract, I would love to see Stalock on the wild, on the Minnesota Wild at this point, and Kemper down in Iowa, maybe to kind of hone his skills a little bit. I I don't know what to say about Kemper, but maybe the uh, maybe the maybe the Calgary game can help boost a little confidence. We'll just have to wait and see and let that play out as it does. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys very much again for listening to this show for your loyalty. Please do tell a friend; it would be greatly appreciated. There's the Twitter account, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. The Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Please like and follow the Facebook and Twitter accounts. It would be greatly appreciated. Um, there's also a way to get a hold of me and get on this show. You can, you can, it's a, it's a voicemail. Do treat it as such. It is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in to Brave the Wild. Your statement, shout-out, comment, question, whatever it is. Keep it from one to three minutes if you could. Yeah, you're welcome to three minutes on here. Believe me. Yep, yep, absolutely. That's the call button from your cell phone. Then there's the call now button on the Facebook page. It goes in right through Facebook Messenger. It's free if you're international or whatever. So you can get right on in. If you, No matter if you're from Canada, Australia, New Zealand, whatever it is, you're more than welcome on this show from Russia, maybe, as the Wild are trying to get a little more of a Russian vibe. I think you're going to get a Russian vibe of Sokolov and Kaprizov come to the Wild. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov for sure will be here one day. Sokolov, I think, absolutely has uh, is an immense talent, and I think he will be on the Wild as well one day. You'll have a little bit of Russia going on with the Wild as those guys continue to develop. Uh, Kaprizov will be here first, most likely, because I think he's further along, and it's a little more difficult over there than the OHL. That's just that's just my opinion, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure other people agree. Um, nah, but those are multiple ways to get on the show. The final way to get on as well with the voice is uh, using your vo- uh, using your uh, free audio recorder on your smart device. Use it, treat it as a phone call, and then email it. Save the file, email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. All this information will be in the show description. Again, please tell your friends about the show. Please rate Brave the Wild on iTunes or Stitcher. would be greatly appreciated. I'll be more than happy to give you a shout-out and a thank you right here on air. Thank you again. God bless. And stay healthy during that All-Star break. And hopefully the Wild can take care of business against those Northwest rivals next week.